Talking about what's new with Los Angeles Clippers. There's always so much to discuss. Let's jump right in. It's LA Clips Forum. It's LA Clips Forum with Jesse and Brian. Welcome to the Clip. Oh, right. Nailed it. It's a couple weeks off. <laughs> Welcome to the LA Clips Forum. My name is Brian Andrew. I'm here with my guest slash co-host this evening. From Clippers. I tried to do the Jesse oh, style. You, the, oh. you know, you still did it better. <laughs> ah, it's, it's all good. From Clippers 9450. Have you have you seen Bojack Horseman before the show on Netflix? Uh, yes. Yeah, I've seen a few episodes. Okay. I, I love the show. I have a tattoo. And uh, the dog who Bojack doesn't like, whenever they're in the same area, he's always like, is this a crossover episode? Yep. And I figured this is this is the perfect time to use it. It is. It's the crossover episode. There's the, such a strange relationship that, that I have with you guys' pod. Like, you started your pod last season. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, one of the first listeners because I happened to be, like, surfing Clipper Twitter when you put out your post saying, hey, we just started our own pod. And I went, hey, cool, I'll listen to that. Uh, and so I listened to it, and I, I just immediately loved the dynamic that you guys had with each other. So I started – you know, chatting with you through DM and we become friends since then. You're and extremely instrumental to why our pod still exists. I, I, I just thought you guys had a really nice, this natural camaraderie. This, this, you could tell you were friends, you're fans and you're covering the team. And there wasn't another Clippers podcast doing that. So mm-hmm. I thought it was unique and fun and a, the four fans by fans experience. I just thought it was great. And it inspired me to start my first podcast. Yeah. which I had been had been in the works for a long time. And I did that for nine months. Uh, and then. Uh, so when you started your pod. Yeah. I was my thought process was like, all right, Trent's been on our pod probably like once a month since it started. I was like, I want Trent to have 9450 and I want him to milk it into. And then eventually we're going to do the crossover episode. And I was like, you know what? And then, like, during I was in Mexico, I don't know, I, I had a lot of thoughts of Mexico. <laughs> and I was like, that's what Mexico's for. Yeah, just go down there, have, have some thoughts. And I was like, you know what, when I get back, I want Trent and, and some other people on our pod. I want to start circling in some more people. And uh, I finally got the confirmation. I was like, hey, Jesse, you want to do the pod today? And then he he couldn't do it. And then I was like, all right, well, looks like it's just going to be me and Trent. It's a straight crossover episode. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's, <laughs> one I, on one. I um yeah, because like even in like I guess this could transition into the Clippers. When I was in Mexico, I had a hard time watching the games because the Wi-Fi wasn't brilliant. So like I'd I'd catch different parts, but for the most part, I was like keeping track on like um uh, like a like you know game cast on ESPN or something. And mm-hmm. it was funny because I was following the Detroit Pistons game. While I, was, while I was on the road. And then all of a sudden, I lose connection with five minutes or six minutes left in the fourth quarter, right? And I have no idea what's going on, right? And then all of a sudden, the, 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 my, what well, I guess, phone signal just clicked again. And mm-hmm. I get this notification that like huge come from behind win and overtime. And I was like, oh, okay. So I checked the highlights. I'm like, oh, that was probably one of the coolest games of the year. And I missed the last five minutes. Okay, cool. Yeah. 
It was and, the coolest five minutes of the year. It was yeah. the, the last five minutes of that game. The regulation. And then, Overtime was kind of boring. It was just Paul George kicking the crap out of Pistons. Which, you know, sign me up. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. And then, and then all of a sudden, you know, um, they had a game after that, right? It, it was before the Boston game. They won a game. Again. It was the Toronto, Toronto game. The Toronto game. And then I was like, okay. And then, like, you know, a lot of people are speaking Spanish. My Spanish is not great. So, you know, I'm like, you know, I need, I'm, I'm going to look at my phone real quick. And I look at the standings and I'm like, dude, the Clippers are like right there. And we have an opportunity to not only get the third seed, but if we go on a tiny run right now, we're, 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 we might even catch the second or first seed, but like, let's just get that third seed. And then the Boston game happened and I was like, you know what? We're still in the mix, but I kind of, they kind of set us back a bit. And then the Pacers game happened and I was back home for the Pacers game (laughs) and Uh I was like, oh, okay, well, all right. And then the Heat game happened, and now we're the sixth seed. And the Kings won today, and they're officially in the fifth seed. They're fit. The Kings are officially first in the Pacific right now. I don't know how many people have that on their bingo At the card. Mark, yeah, yeah, but kudos. Now, I, I me, me and you believed in the Kings. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I came on your show preseason, and the two of us were in agreement that the Kings were the team to watch in the Pacific, like the surprise team. Yeah, uh, I even went so far as to say they were better than the Lakers. Full stop. And, and not only that, they're better than everybody. Now it turns out they're better than all all four of the other teams. In the yeah. uh, so I guess this is a good transition into Ty Lu. Ty Lu, because if you now host the Twitter Spaces, we hosted them yes. at the beginning of the year. I fish one of my thoughts while I was on Mexico. I was like, you know what? Let's let's let Trent because Trent's been doing them since I've been gone, anyways. And he's been doing them during the East Coast games because I work now, I can't do them. So I was like, you know what, Trent? Why don't you just do them and then I'll pop in? And you've been doing a great job, by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, when my tech is good, it's great, but you know, I don't know. Right. Twitter's Twitter's on the downside. Thanks, Elon. Yeah, you, you know, you could thank Elon for that, I guess. Yeah. There, there, there was there was a minute in December where Twitter Spaces didn't even exist. Yeah, so he shut them down. He was like, yeah. I got taught, I got called out in a Twitter space. Shut that feature down." And he's like, "All right." Well. And then I was like, "I guess we're not doing those anymore." Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, turns out we still didn't do them. All right, so a lot of a lot of people in our Twitter Spaces. I think people on Twitter were even hearing other podcasts are saying, you know, like a lot of these losses are Tyloo's fault. Yeah, and some I would say extreme fans are saying, you know, you know, maybe he's not that guy, and some people are like, you know, be patient. Uh, I'm probably in the patient camp, simply because I think the season should play out <laughs> before I start criticizing. I won't. It's one thing to criticize the micromanaging of each game. It's another thing to criticize like the total package of having Tyloo. As your the overall direction, yeah. Uh, but I know you've had thought, and you've had thoughts since the play-in last year. So Ty, uh, Ty I is infuriating in a in a little tiny window. You know, if there's only one game to win, if it's like a game seven, mm-hmm. it's going to drive you bonkers because he'll tinker until something works, and then he'll ride what works until 
all five dudes on the court are ready to fall over, which is what mm-hmm. happened in that play-in game last year. We went small in the third quarter, exploded out of the gates, all of this intensity, and by five minutes to play in the game, our dudes had taken the lead, but they were completely out of gas. You know? Yeah. And, uh, Ty is a he's a, he's interestingly stubborn. Uh, those zero and two deficits in the in the twenty twenty one playoff run, twenty one twenty two playoff run, twenty twenty one playoff. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie. Today when we were chatting, I was like, "Hey, you know what? I believe in this team in January more than I believed in the twenty one team in January." And then I had to think back, like, was that actually twenty twenty one? And it was. So it was twenty 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 one, which was post bubble. Yes. The, and, that season uh, started in December. Yeah, the, the December uh, start where after three games we had lost to, by 56 points to the uh, Mavericks in a game that we don't talk about anymore. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. The, okay, Here, here's my take on this. There are different levels of Clipper fans based on in the amount of engagement that they have in their everyday life. Uh, the The Fans that listen to podcasts like ours, the fans that are on Twitter every game, live tweeting games, the fans that are get together and do these uh, viewing parties and stuff like that. These are super engaged fans. Yeah. And those are the ones who bathe themselves in, you know, Clipper lore and Clipper mythology. And then on top of that, it's every feasible possibility of trades and future coaches and draft mm-hmm. picks. And it's just, it's, it's a hobby that's almost consuming, you know? Yeah. And then there are, you know, casual fan, fans who will go to a couple games here and there, but who watch most of them on TV and things like that. The, the, the people who are screaming, Tyloo is driving us bonkers are the hardest core fans. The ones that are super, super engaged. Right. Uh, I, I think the average fan is probably mildly miffed at him, you know, like, we were we were promised this would be a, a title contending year you know that was they, we made a big deal yeah. out of it and then we're in sixth place at halfway through the season that doesn't sound good you know? yeah uh as you have to take the long look at it I, you're not going to find a coach better mid-season not mid-season you know? no right now if you if you can Ty Lue is because, you know, you're pissed off at him. Or if he walks out the door because he's pissed off at everybody else, we're not going to get a better coach than Ty Lue on January 3rd of this year. Uh, there, there's – who are you going to hire? Uh, and don't say Ume Udoka. That's – you just don't want that. No. Um, I, I said Quinn Snyder's probably somewhere in the woods, you know, growing a beard and thanking God he doesn't coach in the NBA anymore. Uh, but, refu- uh, refuses to – I don't know. Like he only does uh, organic vegetables in his yard, and like he's he seems like the type of person who wouldn't do drugs, but everything he does makes him high. Yeah, <laughs> like, he probably he aged like thirty years in the nine oh, years he was the head coach up there. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, COVID, um, having the number one seed and then losing four two to a team that doesn't have Kawhi at the end. It, it, it will take years off your life. Yeah. And, and you know what? We've done that plenty of times. <laughs> so. And then there's the doc rivers comparisons and you're like, no, he's nothing like Tyloo's nothing like doc rivers. 
you and I were talking before the pod. Doc Rivers was a great regular season coach because he, all he had to do was kind of just massage the egos and let the guys have fun. And it worked. Mm-hmm. His personality was right for the, the whatever it was, big three plus in Boston. And then for Lob City, his yeah. personality was great for them. Uh, he, he was probably a great coach for T-Mac back in Orlando when he yeah. took that team to the finals out of nowhere. Or conference finals. Sorry. Yeah, he's it's just when you needed someone in a seven game series to make an adjustment when something's right. not working, he just wouldn't make it because he feels like the talent on the court and the systems he's put in place are good enough to win the series. But by then, the other coach on the other sidelines realize, well, if I just take Blake out of this equation or if I slow down Chris Paul or if I take keep the ball out of Chris Paul's hands or hell, just let one of them eventually hurt themselves and they will. then then we'll be fine it doesn't matter if it's 3-1 and i i do feel like this team brought ty lu in to not coach the regular season and he they brought him in to coach in the playoffs and you know what we're over here being like they went down 0-2 twice and they won both series twice ty lu is a genius but all it takes is for us to go down 0-2 and not come back and win the series and we would he i don't even think he'd be coaching right now no, no. <laughs> he wouldn't make it this far into the season like this I, I put it i put it this way to in the twitter space the other night i said uh how will this season be judged ultimately it'll be judged on the final result yeah. so you know in july when we turn around and look at the season was it a success was it a failure it's going to be well where do we end up and no matter what you think the season doesn't end in january no. It ends in April if you don't make the playoffs and sometime in May or June if you do. And uh, that so firing Ty Lue in January is just uh, a it's not going to happen and it shouldn't. But uh, B, it's it's kind of silly, you know. And what has he done to be fired? His team's above 500. He brought his team to above 500 last year with basically the, the C team for a good portion of that season. And then the B team, and then, and then the year before he got us to a franchise historic season. So he, at this point in his Clippers tenure, he has not done anything but be relatively successful. Now, obviously, this year has not started perfectly, but it's still it's- still about five hundred for a team that didn't have Kawhi and Paul George for like three weeks. <laughs> so- I think that it is. Uh, there have been some winnable games that have been dropped and it is perfectly fair to criticize coaches and Tyler is not above criticism. Right. It's fair to criticize these players. They're not above criticism. Uh, they, they're not defending a championship right now. So if, if you're not defending a championship, you are not above <laughs> criticism. Mm-hmm. People yeah. will criticize you and fans, fans have that right to criticize because you invest your, your sometimes your money, but mm-hmm. definitely your passion and your time into this franchise. And so, right. you know, and they need you. They need you to show up to the games. They need you to buy their merch. They need you to help, you know, pay for the whole thing. They need you to buy their streaming service, blah, 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 blah. But they, they, they haven't performed at that level that was promised, yeah. you know, and, and I think that's the thing. Maybe we all read too much press before this season. You know, maybe I, there was I, I too agree. much buzz. I think we like we we're like we were doing Twitter spaces last year and it would be like, you know, Reggie came back or we'll play in the Lakers. Right. 
Reggie uh, scores that game when he basket, he gets a skip. And the spaces, there will be a certain point, like 20 minutes into the space, where we're like, yeah, but once we get Paul George and Kawhi, this team's a championship team, and no one can stop us. If we're this good with these guys, yeah. bring those guys in. And what I remember I was trying to say last year in the Twitter spaces a little bit too was like, yeah, well, that takes an adjustment period itself. You know, like we would like to have those. Last year we were talking about like, can we get those guys before the playoffs? And it was like, well, how many games do they need to play in the regular season? Some people were like it doesn't, <laughs> maybe none. Three. <laughs> and I, yeah, and I was like, you know, I'll I was like, uh, hopefully it's ten, and then it ended up being nothing for Kawhi, and then it was like, what eight games for Paul George or something, and then like uh-huh. four games for Norm. Yeah, something about like that. that. Yeah. PG was really really good. Uh, yeah, after coming back, he was great in that uh, Timberwolves game. And then, uh, and then he catches COVID, which of course that was just last season. Yeah. So, with with this season, a lot of the stuff that's going on kind of makes sense if you if you look into it. But then there gets to a certain point where, like, sometimes I even feel like I'm just defending them just to defend them because they're my team. But at the same, but at the same time, it's like I'm in that boat where like. Me and you are both into wrestling, right? You know, there's this yeah. thing called like long-term storytelling, right? Yes. And like sometimes there's a long-term story and the build is really good and the match ends up sucking. And sometimes it's that the build sucks, but the match was really good, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, yeah. and and this is kind of where I feel like we're at in the Clipper season is like, Maybe we're in a long-term story where the story kind of sucks, but at the end of it, if it's all worth it, are we really going to care that the story sucked? And I think Ty Lue's in that in that realm where he's just like, you know what? Like, if I could play John Wall twenty-five minutes a night, and I could have these five-guard lineups, and we still happen to win games, and we're still above five hundred, we're only two games away from the third place at the trade deadline. Sign me up. You know, like. I and you know and this is something that's crossed my mind and I feel like maybe I'm going to get into my Tyloo conspiracies or my Tyloo theories. Okay. Theory 1 is the simple one where it's just like, you know what, he's really frustrated and he's just like, you know, I'm not going to coach, I'm just going to let the guys play and then we'll and we'll see how this works out. Yeah. That's what he looks <laughs> like he's doing right now. There, there, <laughs> there are certainly moments when the camera hits him and you go Tyloo is like in Vegas mentally right now. Yeah, his he hands is at are, his house. Yeah, not not on the sideline in an NBA arena. That's for sure. Like sometimes his hands are in his pockets. Sometimes there's two minutes left in the game. He's sitting down, and I'm just like, and I'm just like, uh, he looks pretty uninterested right now. But you know what? Maybe that's just him being chill. Maybe you know, there's a lot of coaches that are really. Uh, outspoken and there's a lot of coaches that are extremely chill maybe ty lose a chill coach my other theory is that he has a lot of ideas that he thinks are good and we probably seen pockets of it in games and remember a couple years ago when we played the small ball against the jazz and he's like well i'm not gonna do that again I think we've might have already seen moments of that or even in practice he's, he's seen it and he's like, you know what I'm gonna do during the regular season? I'm gonna play John Wall. And and then in the playoffs come, I'm not gonna play John Wall. 
I, and, I have one specifically that I would love to bring up is yeah, go for it. Our home game against the Spurs when we kicked the snot out of them. Beautiful game. Had had the whole team uh, ready for that one. To begin the fourth quarter, he had a lineup of Luke Kennard, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Nick Batum, and Marcus Morris on the court, mm-hmm. and basically they outscored the Spurs like eighteen to two in four minutes. And Pop called a timeout, and Ty's like, "Okay, I'm going to put that away, and yeah. we're not going to do that again." So yeah. that lineup is hidden in his back pocket, and will pop out at some point, and you'll go, "Oh, damn!" Oh, yeah, exactly. Like I, I wouldn't. For example, remember Rajon Rondo in the playoffs? I think every Clipper fan was like, "Why is he playing? Why is he playing?" And then eventually, Ty Lue listen and was like all right he's just not going to play in the sun series really at all like he played i think maybe a few minutes in game one or two but like he eventually was like oh yeah i i see it too i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do it but we we're watching like why is why is rondo playing why is rondo playing and i do think ty Lu is this is this guy who's just like i'm gonna show you guys stuff and i want the coach to spend two hours of practice preparing for it and then I'm not, I'm just not going to, I'm just not going to do it in the playoffs. And that kind of seemed like the Rondo thing. Like, cause keep in mind, like a lot of these coaches are smart. Like when the Clippers lost to the Pacers, like Rick Harlow, Rick Harlow low key is one of the smartest coaches in the NBA. Like for real, it looked like Ty Lue was being out coached, but it, but it's, it's hard to be out coached when you, when Ty Lue doesn't look like he's coaching at all. <laughs> so, so it's, <laughs> It's one of those things where I think Ty Lue's just playing players, but like eventually, I think when the playoffs come, like unless we trade John Wall or we trade a lot of these players, which I think we eventually will. But if we were to keep John Wall, if we were to keep this team intact, I honestly think like in the playoffs come, like Ty Lue's like, all right, I'll play him from like game one, and then you know your your coach is gonna go back to the training facility, practice for two hours. Like, hey, when John Wall comes in the game, he's turnover prone. Why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? And then John Wall's not going to play the whole next game. And that's how that's how the 2021-22 season, was that? Am I doing? No, it, no, it was, was the 2020-2021. Yeah. <laughs> All right, 2020-2021 season. That's how that went. Like, we – the the Clippers on purpose did not play Luke Kennard and Terrence Mann for an entire season, and then all of a sudden they're playing in Game Six of the first round, you know. And it took Game Six, but you know, and there were also notes of desperation sprinkled in there too. Oh, absolutely. You know, like I really do think Ty Lue <laughs> thought Patrick Beverly could stop Luca, and then it turned out he's like mm, he, he can't. <laughs> it turns out nobody really can, but uh, no, definitely not. <laughs> yeah. So that's my second theory is we're just like Ty Lue is just like, I'm going to be in cruise control. And, but my real coaching is behind the scenes at the training facility at the honey, at the honey center or whatever. So it's that, <laughs> yeah. The honey center. I would call that your chum the water theory. Yeah. He's just chumming the water, let the sharks get in close. And then it's like, we're going to gaff. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the plan. Like I, it's like, he doesn't want to put anything out there. And you know what's funny? Like, you know, the small ball, the, the excessive small ball. I think Ty Lue is just, he's, he's just like, you know what? A lot of people are watching me do the small ball because I did the small ball two years ago. 
I, you know what? In the playoffs, you're going to get a, probably the small ball, but you're not going to get the small ball lineups I'm getting. You're not going to see five guard lineups in the playoffs. Now, someone's going to take this receipt right now, and it's like, well, Brian, <laughs> got even worse than a five guard lineup. Somehow, Tyler was able to do a six guard lineup out there. <laughs> but, they played nothing but guards for 18 straight minutes. Yeah. Uh, that's a possibility, too. And in the space the other night, people were like, are we, are we going to continue to see this small ball? And I responded with, if Issa Zubats only plays like 30 minutes a game, you're going to continue to see small ball. Oh, absolutely. You're going to continue to see it until they address that whole. And look, I like Moses Brown. Do you trust him playing the other 18 minutes in a, in a we're going to have a center on the court all the time situation? Mm, no, no, but sure. I, I don't know if he could stay on the court for 18 minutes because he fouls a lot. Yeah, but we said the same thing about Hart, so maybe we should give him a shot. Just mm-hmm. check him out there. Of course, the schedule coming up is so brutal uh, and has a lot of top end centers on it. So uh, we I, play, I think this we, we we play like Jokic and Embiid in the same like seven days, right? Yes, I think so. we play Jokic twice and Embiid once in in like a two week span. Yeah, so yeah, it's pretty rough. <laughs> Love it. And uh, yeah, this January is going to tell us a lot about the team. Uh, it, it all depends on how, I mean, how much time is PG going to miss? Mm-hmm. Uh, is Kawhi's, is this illness that Kawhi has going to keep him out more than one or two games? Um, there the are week. three, there are three back-to-backs in January. I don't think Kawhi's ever going to play a back-to-back for the rest of his career. Probably so, not. <laughs> so, so he's going to miss three three of those games. Uh, I don't know. Ty's going to have to like ratchet up the game, I think, because Friday is the halfway point of the season, and maybe that's the point he's waiting for. But you know what? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> he's chumming the water on all of us. Because, like, I remember like Nick Batum had that quote at the beginning of the season: "Like, hey, give us till Christmas." Following Christmas, the team looked pretty good. And then yeah. within like three games, there's only three games. We're in like, ah, now we're back to where we're at. All right, damn. You know, it's just, and and to me, that's more so the parody in the West, less than the Clippers necessarily. Because the Clippers could easily go on a three-game winning streak. It probably won't happen in the next week or two. But they could easily go on a three-game winning streak at some point in the season. And then all of a sudden, they're back in the mix. So as long as they stay within what I would consider like that parity vortex, where as long as you don't fall several games behind the third, the second or third seed, I think you're good. If you stay within like three or four, because we still have all of our games against Memphis. Mm -hmm. We still have uh, all but one of our games against New Orleans. And those two teams are ahead of us. We're going to play our our final two games against Denver in the next week and a half. Um, and then, then we're done with Denver for the year. So that's so good. That's good and bad. <laughs> you know, well, yeah, like Denver's the first seed still, right? I I I don't yeah. I don't see the Clippers having what I would, for the lack of better words, the give it's to to get the first seed. Yeah. So I did that on my pod. I said, do they have the give a dams? Yeah. You know, you have to play like you you give a damn, and sometimes they play like they don't give a damn, and you get Games where you're just like, what the hell is going on here? I, I swear, if it was March and the Clippers had an opportunity to be the first seed, 
they and they were a game behind and they had an opportunity to be the first seed they would have the tiebreaker but it but then they also had a decision not to play Kawhi or Paul George so they still healthy they would probably not play Kawhi or Paul George and just see like hey, if we get it we get it if not it's fine you you say it, it's going to happen we have two back to backs in the final 9 games of the season yeah including yeah. the last two and, so and we could be and the Clippers a couple of years ago were were seed watching, and that's why they chose the four seed instead of you know. And everyone's like, you shouldn't have done that, you know. But you know what? If 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 the season stays where it's at, the seventh and the eighth seeds could end up being like the Warriors and the Suns. And although I think the Suns are not a bad matchup, like I think the Clippers might random ra- rather play like the Blazers or something, or maybe even play the Mad the Mavs again. I don't know. Like, do they want to play Luke of, again? No, but that, yeah, I don't want to play Luke anymore. I'm done with that guy. Uh, there's a lot of talk about this whole you have to be a three seed or higher to win it all. Mm-hmm. To which I say, okay, but if you're going off of all the stuff that's ever happened in the past. The Clippers have never won at all. Yeah. So wouldn't the one time the Clippers win it be the one time a six seed wins at all? Yeah. If if I'm the Clippers, literally at this point, they've basically they've told us they don't give a shit about the regular season. We don't care. We, we just want to get to the playoffs. When Tyler was asked at the beginning of the season, he's like, would you, what's, what do you care more about seeds or whatever? He's like, health is more important about, to me than yep. when it comes to the playoffs. So they, they've been saying it since the beginning. Yeah. And you know what? They've been doing exactly that. You know, if, if everyone hates how the Clippers have been handled, they've been keeping their word. <laughs> and so I would say that the Clippers, the goal is to finish top six. Yeah. Because if you finish top six, you stay out of that stupid play in tournament, which sucks for everybody except the top six, because you mm-hmm. get an extra week off. Basically, it's five days. Yeah, You get five, five extra days of rest, whether you're the four five matchup or the three six or you have to wait for the play-ins to finish. So you want that extra time off. And yeah. that's why they're, if they finish top six, they'll probably be happy. I actually, and healthy. a couple of years ago when we had a higher seed and we played Dallas, I was actually a little, we were the four seed, I believe. One of my frustrations is that the Clippers did have a week off. Cause I always felt like when they had multiple days off, they always show up extremely rusty and not ready to play. And it's going to happen again. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but like, if you think about it too, like a lot of people, this might be an unpopular pick, but like everyone looks at NBA history and say, and says stuff like, um, you have to be a top three seed or higher and stuff like that. And, you know, it's like, you know what, if history has an opportunity to be made in general, like if the Clippers win yep. and, but you know what, just to be real about it, like the first and second seed can't practice for the against the seventh or eighth seed until those games are over because they have no idea who they're playing they have no idea who they're playing they get they miss an extra couple days of practice that the a team like in the four or five or the three and six get on top of that yeah history says you have to be a top three seed to win but if if you look at it you know the plan's only a few years old and if you have teams like the warriors who could be in the plan if you have teams like the suns who are going to fall into the plan because I really do think the play-in moving forward is going to be um, bad teams kind of growing, like young teams who are trying to get to the next level. And then basically always one team that had injury issues all year, but it's actually a really good yeah. team. And that was supposed to be us last year. One really we were, good team that struggled. 
for yeah. whatever reason. Yep. So and th- and this year it's the Suns, like because and the Warriors while, and the yeah I. <laughs> I do think the Warriors are playing a little better and they'll venture. I think they're like only a half game behind us now. So like they they're like one game away from being in the six spots. But, you uh, know, they, yeah, they, but you're right. They've yeah, got they're... on a little winning streak at home. Yeah. So but like the Suns, it doesn't look pretty for them for the next month. <laughs> so so like it. Oh, but No, so... they lost. Who did they play yesterday? Was it the Knicks? Something that like just that. smoked them. Oh. Yeah, the Suns are in trouble without Boy Van Booker. And uh, you know what? The Suns could even fall out of that top 10 pitcher and then have to climb them, themselves back in because a lot of teams, like the West, the parity in the West is insane this year. There's only like legit one team that's trying not to win, and that's the Rockets. Even the Thunder are trying to make some noise. Uh, and, the Spurs. Oh, yeah, Spurs. Spurs, I, Spurs ain't winning anything. <laughs> so, and the Lakers are going to certainly try. But like you know, Minnesota got Gobert. They're gonna have to try to do it. <laughs> they're like it might not happen, but they're gonna try. And yeah. then so and Utah, you know, they fell back to earth, but you know they're still trying to win. So it, it's I, it it's interesting um, that like if I'm being honest, I don't know if I want the Clippers to be a top two seed. I could be a bad bad year to be a top two seed. Yeah, you know what? The Warriors won it last year in the from the three. Yeah, so you know, keep in mind too. I, I know the bubble didn't exist, but uh, <laughs> the, the Heat were a fifth seed when they made it to the finals. Yeah, so yeah. And, and what the Raptors when they won it in 19 were a three, I think so. Um, so I mean, I don't know if the Clippers are going to win a title, it, it's going to be the weirdest damn thing road to get there. Don't you, don't you feel it? Oh, yeah. Like if they are going to win it all, it's going to be they came out of the sixth seed and they like won every series in seven games or yeah, five if, games. If the clip, I'll put it to you like this: the Clippers could be having could be the number one seed right now. They could have be having the best year of their lives, and I would probably sit there like, you know what though, they still need to do it in the playoffs, or this could all still collapse on us. Like it, it you know, if they get a bad matchup, you know. Like to me, I feel a little bit more comfortable that the Clippers have been a little mediocre and then they have to play a little better. <laughs> Cause like I don't know, like I've I've like for example, the bubble. That was the first year where my brain was like, they still have to do it, but it looks like they may. And then ever since and I was like, You can't you can't you can't you can't be doing that, Brian. You can't you can't have that mindset. You know, you just you're just gonna let yourself down. Like yeah. you're you're talking about us as fans giving money and stuff like that, like we're giving up, we're giving them our mental health too. And that's it's true. You know, so I, it's a long season and my advice, everyone, it's a long season. Pace yourself, pace yourself, buy a helmet. Yeah. That's what I mind. Buy a helmet. Cause you may be bashing your head against the wall every once in a while. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, you know, there are positives to take away. Kawhi looks like 85% of Kawhi already. He's playing 35 minutes a game the last three games out. I, there's not much you could ask for above that uh, mm-hmm. from Kawhi Leonard. I mean, aside from maybe playing more games up to this point. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he plays about 10, 15 games and then there's always a little tiny thing. That's like a little hiccup of some sort. Yeah. Uh, it just, can he stay healthy the rest of the season? Because when Kawhi Leonard is on the court, he's still Kawhi Leonard, you know, he's yeah. still a, a dominant can take over a game personality. And, I'll, you know, and I'll, I'll admit, I 
I forgot. <laughs> I, yeah, you forget how good he is. Yeah. Like he, he takes the ball up and everybody else has to play at his speed. And mm-hmm. that's the, that's the Kawhi role. And then on defense, he can do the same thing. He, he's like a predator out there. Mm-hmm. He, he will camouflage himself on a, on an off situation and then jump in in a double team or deflection. And I mean, it's happening two, three times a game. Now he's not yeah. defending the best player out there. No. He's, he's kind of sneakily playing team defense and uh, he's just got such a great basketball IQ and such terrific instincts. You forget how good how good he is. Absolutely, and he's making everybody else look better too defensively. Yeah, you know, you look at the on offs with Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. Dear dear God, if he played forty eight minutes a game, the team would be undefeated. And in he's, the playoffs, he's going to play forty minutes. He's going to play forty minutes a game, absolutely, yeah. and yeah. Uh, that'll be you know, they'll be hard to beat. With a healthy Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and then this mass of dudes. <laughs> yeah. Which... When we talk about how deep we are, it's not, there's no replacing the top two guys. Right. But what we have is the kind of depth that if, you know, if Marcus Morris twists an ankle, we got to back up, fits right in. Mm-hmm. Great. If, if Reggie Jackson, you know, had, gets the flu, we got a guy who can push right into that spot. Is it John oh, Wall? <laughs> no. Jason Preston's ready or? <laughs> yeah, it's Preston all day, every day. I'm enjoying Jason Preston, who is tearing it up in the G League. Give it up for the Ontario Clippers. Dude, the Ontario you Clippers. You guys are Ontario Clippers fans. Yes. And uh, they're so good. Showcase Cup so champions. Good. Hopefully we get a G League title. Uh, you know, as long as Musa is down there, I think there's a, there's a shot. Musa is putting up Wilt numbers down there. <laughs> like he's amazing. Musa is amazing. Uh, Xavier Moon is having a great season down there. Nate Darling. Nate like, Darling is like a. I said it to you guys. He's a Luke Kennard clone. I I what I legit want the Clippers if it ever gets to this point of the season to. Uh, let ten let Nate have a ten day and just like let him let him go out there hoop with the guys for a bit, and and if just for whatever he has, and for whatever reason we consolidate a bunch of players and we now need to move Musa to the fifteen uh man roster or something, maybe just give Nate the the, the two way spot. Yeah, you know I think he's earned it. He's 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 looked really good out there. Oh man, he's been he's been fantastic, and Preston's been really really good. Yeah. Um. So. There is a bright future, you know. Mm-hmm. They've drafted well in the second round, <laughs> which like, is great because our young guys would be a fun ten and sixty-two team. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> like our, 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 if we're if it was just if we were going out there with our taking our G League starting lineup, moving to the Clippers, they would be fun to watch. You know, I think there would be less. Uh, hostility on Twitter would just be like, all right, look, you know, our team's not good, but at least Musa got another double double, you know, yeah. stuff like that. It'd be like watching the Rockets right now. Like, like yeah. they've got a couple of exciting guys, like Jalen Green does crazy stuff, and and you lose by twenty five. Uh, Alfred yeah. Sangoon is just crazy, yeah. like little Jokic, and they lose by thirty. Of course, my favorite player, my favorite player on the Rockets, uh, is one of the top turnover people in the NBA. <laughs> I just, I think I just gravitate to players who turn the ball over. <laughs> you, you like Porter, right? KP. Yeah, Kevin KP Porter. Jr. I love. He's, he's not really a team player. 
<laughs> I'll, I'll put it that way. He's had a lot of issues with both teams he's played with, uh, but he's fast. He's actually it's a highlight reel. Yeah, he he's so young. He 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 doesn't play the best defense, but I don't feel like he's ever playing bad defense. If that makes sense, and it's just you know I sometimes feel like he goes out there. But the thing is, like, can he go out there and play on a championship team? I don't know, but I'd like to certainly see him try. Like, but yeah, it's I I don't know. The Rockets have a lot of fun, and so do the Ontario Clippers. So yeah, I hey. Uh, we're going to make a trade at some point this year. I guess you could, we could talk about that if you want. Yeah, let's move on. Uh, uh, you know, will it be a big consolidation trade? Will it be little margin trades? Will it be – and we say consolidation trade a lot. We've been hearing that for, what, six months? Yeah, at uh, least since, Longer? Yeah. Uh, you know, you just got too many guys. Well, who wants our guys and has the consolidation piece? Because when you look at consolidation pieces, I mean, it's $30 million in salary. That's yeah. what we're looking for. A guy or a couple of guys who make 40, you know, some situation like that. The only, the, only, get, the only other team would be someone who has a bunch of cap, and you're just like, take all of our salary, and we'll take, like, your young piece that you don't believe in or something, right. you know, something like right. that. Which is kind of what happened to, like, DeJounte Murray. Mm-hmm. That deal for DeJounte Murray was a bunch of draft capital and flotsam, you know, it was yeah. stuff. Um, and because the Spurs had the cast fixed, it wasn't the big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Utah absorbed a whole bunch of like random stuff in that uh, Timberwolves deal and then tried to turn it all. And I think they're about to be a seller, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, the question is, do, do you want Mike Connolly? No. Con- Conley? <laughs> you know, he suddenly he's an Irish actor. I, it, it didn't. It didn't even. It didn't even like phase me that you got it wrong. I was like, no, no, I don't want anything to do with him. <laughs> I mean, he's a notorious Clipper killer. Uh, yeah, he would be on our team too. <laughs> just, just on our team this year, doing nothing. Yep. If we did that, that would that would be the perfect summed up Mike Conley careers for him to eventually come on our team and just absolutely suck and just like killer killer championship chances chances absolutely you could make an entire team out of clipper killers and bring them all on and we would be the worst team in the nba yeah terrence ross mm-hmm. uh, conley uh clarkson bring in clarkson yeah. and for, with us dude would shoot 25 percent. oh absolutely <laughs> He oh, is yeah. the best horrible shot maker in the NBA. And he, and he and he would play over Luke Kennard and it would, it would yeah. And we would strangle each other mm-hmm. in frustration, you know. We bring in guys like uh Ed West. Mm-hmm. Is it Ed West? Yeah. Ed Davis. Ed Davis. Yeah. I don't know why I said Ed West. Who's Ed West? Uh, are you thinking oh. of David West? David West. So I think David he retired West a long time ago. David West and Ed Davis. You just made them into one player. I just merged them into one guy. Uh, um, yeah. Bam. Bam is always. Oh God. Eating. Bam out of bio. Just chews us up. Uh, every time Bam out of bio plays the Clippers, uh, you can bet on 30 points, 30 points, just, 15 rebounds. He's just got that little flip shot from the, from the nail mm-hmm. and uh, he'll hit it. Eight times before we make the adjustment to get yeah. on. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. What to, I don't know what to do necessarily. Like, 
I get you were about to ask a question. I'll let you do your thing and I'll do right. right the, the, cons, the, the consolidation guy, you know, who is it? Is it Christoph Porzingis? Is he even going to be available? Would we be interested in a, another injury prone $30 million plus player? You know, even if it's for one year, maybe we will. He's got the, this year and then he's got a player option at the end mm-hmm. for next year. Would he want to pick up that player option at 36 mil to stay with the Clippers? Uh, are the Washington Wizards going to sell? Because a week and a half ago, they made a couple changes and suddenly they've won seven out of their last eight games. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so- uh, okay. Uh, the, the Heat were struggling and now they're lighting it up. The Bulls were struggling. Now they've won three or four in a row. Uh, is DeMar DeRozan and Nikola Vucevic something you th- that you think about? That 50, 40, $47 million package. And this goes back to the Ty Lue thing a little bit is so much could change in the NBA. Like it's an ocean, like no, no 24 hours are the same. Yep. So like who, who we think could be available now might not be available in February and who we don't think is available now might be available in February. So I think the Clippers are just waiting and seeing what the market looks like, but like it, like in in that span, they're going to play like 20 games. <laughs> so hopefully the season doesn't fall apart. There's a, there's a second problem too. There's going to be a limited number of sellers and a whole lot of buyers, a whole lot of teams that are sitting in that seven to 10 range that mm-hmm. want to get out of the seven to 10 range because they're already pot committed for this season. Yeah. And that means that you're going to be bidding against other teams. And when you're the Clippers, you don't have draft capital to deal with. So it could be uphill. So I would argue if you want to make a trade and you're the Clippers, you make the first trade you can. The first trade that feels good, you better do it because it'll get more expensive the longer you wait. Would you use the first round draft pick that we have available? I wouldn't because I still believe that this team, as currently constructed, has everything it needs on it except a backup center, and there's no need to go nuts to pick up a backup center. Okay. I would if the player was – worth it i wouldn't spend it on a rental for sure i wouldn't spend right. it on a player that could opt out in the offseason i wouldn't spend it on a player that's quote-unquote injury or you know what well, i'll put it this way i wouldn't use it on a player that's probably over 30 years old now if we were able if that's we right. had if we had to use it to get someone a little younger you know like what the clippers have at their disposal if we're going to be optimistic obviously i realistic this is probably not a thing but you know for podcast content (laughs) um we are on the west coast and i think a lot most of the sellers are going to be on the east coast so they're not going to want to necessarily sell to the same conference so we just we just need to slightly outbid some of the teams that are on the west right now we don't have (laughs) as much draft capital as a lot of these teams do yep but you know some somebody might be able to be like you know what all right you know, thank you for a couple of vets and your young guy. I, to me, I look at it as me and you have been talking about this for weeks. I consider Brandon Boston just as good as a draft pick. Maybe it's not to people's eyes, uh, a, an early first round lottery, first round pick, but like Brandon Boston, Brandon Boston could be, could equal up to maybe like a late first round pick to some people's eyes. So a late first player with with some nba experience already plus a draft pick maybe plus some seconds plus you know a couple vets you know but i think our best possibility is 
trading to a team that's already contending and flip-flopping the piece that they don't want and we're and trading the pieces we don't want and yeah. seeing if they mix with our team. Like yeah. calling up the Cleveland Cavaliers who desperately need defensive wings and saying, uh, you've got an extra quote unquote big power forward slash center mm-hmm. in Kevin Love, who is expiring, but you know, he's an LA guy too. Right. Uh, would you be interested in doing a Kevin Love for Covington and you know somebody else? Yeah. Uh, kind of deal. You know, that gets them in that we would be in the conversation. Hey, Nick's, uh, you have like three young guys who Tibbs hates. Uh, we have yes. a couple of vets that you might like. <laughs> we have old, old vets that Tibbs will love. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it, would you be interested? Um, hey, you were upset with Julius Randle last year. Do you think he's available? Oh, <laughs> like stuff like that. Like he's, he's playing lights out the last month and a half or so. He's been so good. Yeah, he's, he's but yeah, those all those teams that the Raptors, mm-hmm. God only knows what they're going to do. They don't have scoring guards. They used to have a guy named Norm Powell that no. they traded for Gary Trent. Wouldn't he be nice? <laughs> you know, yeah, like um, yeah. There's there's a few teams. Like I don't know if there's anybody in the West right now that I, would be like, hey, we'll God only knows up. what's happening in Atlanta. The, yeah, the Hawks could explode at any second. Mm-hmm. Like they could be coming to our arena on Sunday afternoon for their game against us. And a fisticuffs brawl breaks out on the bus. Yeah. That's the Atlanta Hawks right now. Trey, Trey Young's part uh, apparently may request a trade. John Collins almost left the team hostage last month. And then, and then he's like, fine, I'll play. Uh, Murray. I, I, he just seems like he's frustrated. And because I think he, he, he got traded like, into dysfunction, you know? Yeah. And so, you would think somebody has to go. The coach is thinking about leaving if he already yeah. has. I don't know. Um, there, there's a lot going on there. And the funny thing is, like, the team is not that bad. But, it, you know, what? it's the same thing. Like, if, if we were the Atlanta Hawks forum, we would be talking about, like, hey, we were in the Easter Conference a year or so ago. We bring in Murray. We were supposed to be better, and we're not. <laughs> like, yeah. talk, talk about being frustrated. So, yeah, but... Somebody on the Hawks needs to look at that team and go, okay, yeah, but this group of guys right here, these guys are young. This is who we should be building around. Everyone else, figure it out. But, like, and same thing with the Clippers, right? We had these two guys, and in my opinion, Luke Kennard. <laughs> like, everybody else, figure it out. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if we traded. What's the over and under? Okay, let's do this. What's the over and under? Uh, let's do, do you think the Clippers will trade more than five players at the trade deadline this, this February? I would say if they have the opportunity, if they, if a, if a true consolidation style trade comes up where they can get a, you know, a three for one, mm-hmm. they'll do it. They'll do it so just do to, think- just to trim the, the fat and simplify things. So, so under, I would, uh, I would put the over under at like three and a half. All right. Do you think they're going to go over that? Personally, I think it'll be either three or four guys going out. Uh, uh, either in the same trade or two separate trades? I think it's going to be two. Personally, I think it's going to be two separate trades. I think that there's going to be some sort of consolidation trade, maybe a three for one or a three for two. Mm-hmm. And then a one for one 
lesser like a margin trade to to get a backup center that's quality you know maybe a, yeah maybe an amir coffee or, or or maybe a john wall whose contract is as good as an expiring deal could get you like a javelle mcgee for example it's a team option right to hit next year for him as a team option so whoever picks him up can either hey we really like him and we'll keep him at this great price or they can you know just walk away from it um, yeah and we could take off take somebody who on a longer term deal like i said like javel mcgee signed like a three-year deal yeah what were the what were the mavs thinking yeah. i don't know you lose kp and they're like i think he could do the same stuff and it's like narrator he doesn't uh, no <laughs> uh i don't know it's just a weird a weird combination yeah i can't tell you what's going on in, in dallas their their roster is all wackadoo Dude, just they- like ours it's weird because they'll they'll go on like a five game losing streak and then go on a six game winning streak and all of a sudden yep. you're like oh look they're third place again. Last week they were ninth, <laughs> and they have literally two guys who can dribble. Yeah, it's Luca and Dinwiddie, and that's it. <laughs> and like Luca, Luca's putting out like fifty points a game, and it's like how long is that sustainable? You know, yeah. it's but it, yeah, I don't know. You, it's Luca. He is only twenty three. Yeah, which means which means we're going to have to see that bleepity bleep 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 for another fifteen years. <laughs> now I'm not a Luca fan. I'm the like the anti Luca guy. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm with. I, I think Luca put a soft spot in my heart for what he did the Phoenix. Uh, but once we see him again, and if it's in the playoffs, the hatred's coming back for sure. Oh, immediately. Yeah, immediately. Uh, Sorry, Le- LeBron he wears the wrong jersey. <laughs> LeBron's available in the off season, but he's not available this season. So that's not so we don't really have to cover that. Um, but there's nobody out there right now that is super high profile, I would say, that is considered to be available. Everyone on the nets, everyone that was available, but they're playing extremely well. I don't oh, think anybody's amazing. going, yeah. They're on fire. What are they won 14 in a row now? Yeah, something like that. A lot. So I there's just there's not a team that uh I mean, there's not like a player out there that's like available. We've heard names, you know, you've heard Zach Levine, you've heard uh, Pascal Siakam, you know, you've, you've heard big names. You've heard Trey Young, maybe mm-hmm. thinking about asking out. Are they really available? Is the Clippers offer going to be anything close to what these guys are, what these teams are going to want? Probably not. You know, our problem is simple. We just, we don't have any draft capital. And, and just, Chicago and Toronto for sure would want, the draft capital, in my opinion, yeah. even though it would be nice to get DeMar DeRozan, I would I would buy that jersey in an instant. Um, but the only the, the team that I think is a little bit hmm would be the Hawks because I do think the Hawks want to yeah. win, and then they're if they're trying to convince Trey Young that they're trying to win. Now, obviously, in my opinion, it would be like, well, that duh, you you keep John Collins then. But if John Collins and Trey Young and they're, I don't know if there is friction, but maybe there is. You get rid of the guy Trey Young's having an issue with, and you bring in the vet that could help him win. And that's maybe our best. Like maybe we're not going to get John Collins, but there's a lot of young wings and de- and shooters on that team that we can maybe bring in. And I wouldn't mind consolidating to bring in one player because as long as you know it keeps Ty Lue, for playing certain players, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, it's fine. You know, you just, you know, all right, cool. We'll bring in, I don't know uh, who's on the Hawks right now. I can't pronounce his last name, but it begins with an O. He went to USC. Okongwu. There we go. This is why you're on the pod. 
Jesse. Oh, he's great. They love him. Uh, They would trade Clint Capella in a heartbeat to give a all those minutes. So now you got a, you know, $20 million center. Mm -hmm. Uh, You got Bojan Bogdanovich who they, they're, they're not super hyped on keeping because he's basically just like a big guard that shoots. Um, But it's, that's not a piece that we might need, but it's also a piece we might be able to reroute. Right. The thought. Like if you, um, if you make the trade a week before the deadline, you can still trade him before the deadline's over, you know, if, stuff like that. It feels like Atlanta needs professional players, you know, guys who are just like, look, I'm a vet. I've done this before. Here's how we need to approach this. Now, Mark, is, uh, is, the Rocco, Clippers crew, is the Clippers crew the best place to find that? Uh, I don't know. Right. <laughs> Rocco, Marcus Morris. Those yeah. are players that I think would fit okay, but you know what? I'm not the Hawks. Maybe they, maybe they're tired of their guys not rebounding either. <laughs> so, like, it's one of it's one of those things where it's so, like, oh, yeah. here's another option. We know that ugh, we know that the Sixers desperately want to get off of Tobias Harris's money. Uh, so you just consolidate that and you bring in. Maybe there's a, a maybe there's a package that gets them pieces that they want to win now that brings us back Tobias Harris and some youth, some you know. Maybe right. De'Anthony Mel- Melton. I was going to say if we could get yeah. Mel- if we could get Melton in that deal, but we have to take on Harris's contract to do it. I wouldn't hate it because basically Tobias Harris is Marcus Morris without maybe the tough shot making ability, but he still you know it's the he same moves guy. a little better though. Yeah, I would say fair. so too. But we brought back those two players and we gave them three to four players. I, I'm not against it. Now, obviously, do we want to be playing Tobias Harris, uh, max money, uh, be, being, you know, as good as he is? Uh, He's, you know. That's the worst. I think it's the worst contract in the NBA right now. Barely. Uh, no. yeah. Rudy, 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 Rudy Gobert is up there. Oh, uh, yeah, Rudy. <laughs> it's the second worst contract in the NBA right now. Russell's is expiring, so Westbrook is off the hook. Finally, yeah. and John Wall got yeah. bought out, so his doesn't count anymore. Right, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's a uh, bad contract. I think eventually down the line, Bradley Bradley Beal's contract might not look so pretty, uh, but he still he's you know if he still does the one thing he's good at very well, and, you know. So and as long and you know the Wizards, their expectations are different. You know, as long as they're a mediocre team, Bradley Bradley Beal's gonna be the team's like hero. Um. You want you want to send John? I want to send I want to send John. This is for me. I want to send John Wall back to Washington. You know, I'll now, send him back to Washington, and even if it gets, we get nothing back in return. And and that I want that for John. Yeah. Uh, I I just think that that's where his heart is, and the John Wall experiment in in the Clippers hasn't worked out. Um, yes. We're halfway into the season. He's played like twenty nine games for us, something like that. Um, I've been highly critical of him because it's just not a good fit. Uh, uh, we brought this up on the last pod. Me and Jesse are at the point where like we see the numbers, we see how bad he's playing. We're kind of just rooting for the guy at this point. And but we're, we 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 get it. I'll 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 be honest with you. If he's still on this team after the deadline, he better just be at the back of that bench cheering on our guys. <laughs> Like I, in case of emergency player, yeah. Like like yeah, like some players got COVID, some players got hurt. All right, John, go out there, give us twenty minutes for a week. You know, like, um, but it's been bad. 
But, you know, going back to my theory, Tyler might just play him till like the last game of the year and then be like, all right, you're not going to yep. see John Wall in the playoffs. You know, yeah, and, and this is Amir Coffee. Does everybody remember him? <laughs> yeah. Amir Coffee. Remember, Amir Coffee could be this year's Terrence Mann, where it's just like, you remember, like, you know, he's like, you, you saw him a little bit in December, saw him a little bit in November. Thank you for coming in. No one's going to see you for months. And then all of a sudden in the playoffs, he's the one who's guarding Luca. He's the one who's guarding all these players, but he's the point of attack defender with Terrence Mann. Like you, you never know. It could happen. Yeah. Yeah. He could also be moved at the, in a trade because he's a valuable wing player. I mean, he's not a super big wing, but he can yeah. play the three. He's a two, three somewhere. In the, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, and, I, and he, can de- he can defend and he can shoot. And, and, and he I moves think- well off the ball. And I think that's where the team has their value is like, yeah, we could give a team, we could give a team these vets, but we could also give you young talent like Amir Coffee. We could also give a, uh, we could give you Brandon Boston Jr. If you want to take a chance on him, he, you know, if we're okay not having that project anymore, he could be your project now. Stuff like that. Like, <clears throat> I think the Clippers have a unique thing where it's like, you know, the team's been, I know that I know our fan base is going to say otherwise right now. The team has been, how should I put this, organized well to the point where so far our second round draft picks and a lot of our young players have developed and even our vets have developed pretty well to the point where, hey, we developed these guys. Now you could reap the rewards off of it. And I would I would say that yeah. the player development arm of the Clippers has had some recently the last like three years or so has had some some serious successes. Yeah. Uh, before that, there were you know the Daniel Oturus and Mifandu Kevingelis and you know some guys that didn't pan out. Well, we didn't have a development department at all, but it was Doc Rivers, Diamond Stone, yeah, Diamond Stone, Bryce Johnson. I mean, things have kind of progressed. We'll we'll put it that way, and. There is some some success to be had there. The, you know, Amir Coffee is a great story. Uh, mm-hmm. He's also a Minnesota kid. Uh, you know, I'm on the phone right now, going, "Look, I know that you guys are having trouble, and you got three centers, and you don't know how to play Nas Reed. Why don't you let us take him off your hands? Yep. We'll play. We'll play Nas Reed, and we'll give you this local kid who yeah. plays a two three. Great. Yeah. Hey, uh, you guys have Rudy Gobert. You're stuck with him. All it is yeah. is pissing off Nas Reed. Why don't we? Why don't we take that 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 eventual locker room toxicity situation? And why don't you mm-hmm. bring it? We'll, we'll we'll handle the toxic stuff on our end. Appreciate how, it. How how are you going to play Nas Reed when Carl Anthony Towns comes back in a couple of weeks and he needs to play 35 minutes a game? Yeah. Plus, no, yeah. Nas Reed's going to go back down to you know like six minute shifts, once maybe twice a game. Mm-hmm. He's been amazing. Also a clipper killer. So as soon as we get him, he becomes. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, or you know, you call the Spurs. Hey, Yaka Pertle, uh Yeah, he's playing too well for you guys right now, and you guys are trying to get Victor. Why don't we? Why don't we send a... you Amir Coffee and John Wall? Yeah, you know, or Yaka Pertle. Amir Coffee, <laughs> a nice young player, you guys could build around, and John Wall. You don't have to keep him next year. And even Wait. if you play John Wall, he's going to help you lose. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that was totally rude. I'm sorry. I did. We shouldn't have done that. 
I, I I'm a big John Wall person, but uh, I I'm officially I want him to be good. I I, I would get, every time he checks into a game, I I don't when Rondo used to come into games, I used to be like, oh, I don't yeah. do that with John Wall. Maybe it's because it's regular season games. If it was the playoffs, <laughs> I might be like, ah, why? I'm not gonna lie. The Miami Heat game might have been the first game of the year where I was like, John Wall's in there a little too long, isn't he? <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot too long. Uh, I we have a we have a group thing that we're doing, and I kept saying, and John Wall is still in the game, and it would it would, went from just like every word had a period after it to all caps to all caps with every word having a period after it. It was like. He, Oh, so, have you ever yeah. seen the movie Mall Rats, the, the yeah. Kevin Smith classic? And that kid is still on the escalator, <laughs> yeah. you know. And John Wall is still in the game, and it's just driving me bonkers because, uh, yeah. yeah, he's just not good defensively. We needed stops, but I'm, I'm gonna ask, what day is the trade deadline? It's February 9th, right? Uh, eighth, I think it is. Okay, eighth, yeah, that's that sounds more accurate. So February, t- let's say February 10th, just to make sure, just in case. Sure. <laughs> uh, what would your ideal Clippers roster be like? Ooh. Uh, I've take your sh- time. I can edit this out <laughs> if you need to think uh, about it. <laughs> no, I actually had a pretty decent, decent idea. I thought that we would probably be, here's a trade and it's, people may not like this, but I think that the Cleveland Cavaliers need a defensive wing, Robert Covington, um, and a, a bench scorer to play like the guard position. And I think that Norman Powell would work out really well for them. So my theory, here's my theory. You give them Norman Powell, you give them Amir coffee and you give them uh, Robert Covington. And we take back Kevin love and Ricky Rubio. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds a little weird. Uh, Ricky Rubio hasn't played. He's about to make his season debut pretty soon. He's almost done with his ACL rehab. Um, but Ricky Rubio is the veteran point guard coming off injury that I wish we had taken a swing at. Um, they really like him in Cleveland so much so that they're paying him, you know, to rehab when they didn't have to. So they may just shoot that down, but ideal world, you get your hands on Ricky Rubio too. And you send out Amir, John Wall and uh, Rocco. And then the other trade that I have in mind is uh Oh my God, I already forgot it. Uh, it, was for, it was for Hart? Right. It was for, for Isaiah Hartenstein, which was uh, John Wall for Isaiah Hartenstein. No. And uh, the reason for that is to just scrub their books a little bit because mm-hmm. they, they kind of do regret signing Hart to that contract. But it would be like John Wall in a second for uh, Isaiah Hartenstein. No, I, I like that. And, I, I... Uh, that yeah. would take that would reduce our roster by one because mm-hmm. that's a f- four, three in four out and it gives you a power forward combination of Marcus Morris, Nico Batum and Kevin Love but Kevin Love is really there to be your backup five because mm-hmm. um, he's he, that's one of the things that he does in Cleveland and he does it really really well um, he's also a, he's a stretch five he rebounds like a beast he always has yeah he's the all-time leading rebounder this, nobody knows this in Timberwolves history. It's not Kevin Garnett. It's Kevin Love. And I Kevin believe. Love was only there for like four or five seasons. Maybe there longer than we, than you think. Oh, okay. Uh, it maybe it maybe it was a, a 
maybe it is Kevin. No, Kevin Garnett has every record there, but Love is like second. Okay. You forget he he would average like 15, 16 boards a game mm-hmm. for years. He he was the counterpart to Blake Griffin, I remember, because and he's yeah, yeah, and he still rebounds. His per thirty six is like fourteen rebounds. It's mm-hmm. ludicrous, and uh, he would love to play for a championship. And even though they're they're in that run in Cleveland right now, remember he has ties to Ty Lue. Mm-hmm. He was on the two thousand uh, the twenty sixteen title game, title team. Uh, but I I think Kevin Love coming back to LA is inevitable. Either uh, this I, year or next as a as a Laker. Yeah, uh, I don't hate the idea of Kevin Love. Uh, and then I, I still love Ardenstein's game. Right. Uh, I just want to see it develop. He's still only, tw- I think he's 23 now. He's about to be 24. He's still a young guy. He doesn't have a ton of minutes on his body. I just love the options. And Kevin Love can still play the four. And there are there is other potential to move, you know, one of the other power forwards uh, if necessary. Marcus Morris. You know there are teams that that would would could use his punch, Miami, yeah, Philadelphia. I, I think Batum's the safest out of the three, and I, I think, think you they, can't move Batum. I you think just they can't. I think Morris is the one they would like to move the most because not just simply because I feel like they think that there's a tier player and Rocco's money might not get you that player. So I think they think Morris's money might be able to get you that player, but Morris might actually have less trade value than Rocco, but it depends on what teams are looking for. Right. So in, in Cleveland's situation, they would want Robert Covington, right? They want the defender off ball defender, Robert Covington. They don't need more shooting. And in Atlanta, they'd probably because they have a lot of young players and athletic they, players, they they would probably prefer Morris over Rocco. Morris. Yes. So, ideally for me, I don't see it happening because they they are playing well. I would like us to see if we could, like, put our hands in the cookie jar of the Knicks situation, and be so. Ideally, it would be Julius Randle for me. Now I don't know if that's possible. He he's come to blows with Tibbs before, but they're playing well, and when teams are playing well, usually things are fine. Yeah, harmony. Uh, yeah. Um, but the players that he doesn't like, Obi Toppin, um, uh, Cam, Cam Reddish. Red, Cam Reddish. Those are players I wouldn't mind if we like. Even if I think that's actually a trade that it doesn't matter how young they are. I don't think the Knicks want anything to do with them. In my opinion, personally, they're, they're both about to be extension eligible, and neither one are in the rotation right now. Toppin's coming off an injury, but so like Reddish I think the, just doesn't play. I think the Clippers could easily be like, <clears throat> "Hey, um, now you may have to eat like Fournier to make this yeah. work." So, but we're like, "Hey, you know, take three or four of our guys. We'll take these two young guys. Maybe take Fournier as well." Hell, you can even probably throw like here's Jason Preston for you guys to have in on your G League team over there, and and that opens up another roster spot for us. And then either we hit the buyout, and then maybe even then we're like, all right, now we have two to three spaces available, or I don't know. And then you hit the buyout market, and that's when you get Norris Noel or whoever else gets bought out. You could also get Isaiah Hart. My, you could get me back my Hartenstein in that deal too. Yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> and another, Fournier is really good friends with Batum. They're buddies and, from the French national team. And uh, I, I do think the team's going to look for a point guard. I don't think there's a point guard out there that is really good that's available, to be honest. You probably could have said Kyrie at the beginning of the season. That's probably not the case. You could have, you could have said Simmons at the beginning of the season. That's probably not the case. James Harden's probably not available. Oh, yeah. uh, I would love to have James Harden. You know that, but um, and Maury and Maury in uh, Philadelphia would love to have Rocco back. I can yeah. guarantee it. Honestly, so honestly, if a Rocco would, from yeah, if a Rocco for Melton trade ends up happening, don't be surprised. And you know what? That kind of deal happens. Sign me up. <laughs> You know, uh, one, one's not. You may playing. have to take additional salary though, because uh, Philadelphia is hard capped, so any move they make has to send out more money than they bring in. Okay, That's so we might. Catch. I would have to look at who's making. Yeah. What two million dollars? Three million dollars? They could probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, who, knows? who knows what it's going to look like? The complications when you hard cap. I uh, yeah, but I would, but also like. You could also be like, hey, that's a Doc Rivers coach. You know what he likes to do? Bad things. So here's John Wall. <laughs> here's John Wall and I don't know, Jason Preston. And we'll take we'll take back. And they're like, sure, why not? You know, even though that's a totally terrible idea on their part. Um, yeah, I don't know. I honestly, I like I said, I mentioned before, I like Kevin Porter. Uh, mm-hmm. he's young, so like you know, the Rockets probably would want some kind of draft capital for him, but at the same time, like he's the Rockets a... are in a unique situation because they're actually at a just like Oklahoma City, they're at a point where they have too many draft picks, right? To go with their already full roster of prospects. So next year, you know, they got like three draft picks coming up, four draft picks coming up. They're gonna have to consolidate draft picks. And and their locker room situation could be like you know what he's somewhat of a headache why don't you take him we'll take back whatever you want also if if james harden to houston's an actual proposition for next year they might want to start building toward that already and start bringing in some of the players that maybe james harden would want to play with like roko now see maybe maybe that's too deep state maybe too inside baseball it's pretty <laughs> but, crazy <laughs> but but you know like houston's not playing for anything right now and to be honest like are they really going to be building toward another draft pick at this point i guess they will but like unless victor is available and you know like are you going to bring in scoot henderson like do you need another slasher to the rim like you have plenty already so yeah like i don't know i do, i do think those are some teams you could kind of like you know put your hand in the cookie jar and see what they got but at the same time Everybody in the West is competing this year, so you can't really just like look at a whole bunch of sellers on that end. Is there some sort of weird three-team deal where we end up with Tobias Harris and Boban Marjanovic? I'm just yeah. curious. I, the Toby I, and Bobby show was too much fun. It would, it would, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it either. I honestly do think, like, okay, if we were to, tr- if we were to get Tobias and we kept Morris, I would be like, what are we doing? Yeah, but but yeah, if that's... we if we were able to trade Morris, we brought back Harris, but bringing back Harris also got us like, like you said, Melton or Melton. some you know um, who's the backup center for the Sixers who's not terrible. Uh, I oh, it's, was it's Trez, not Trez. The, I'm not the one that Doc doesn't play. There's another one I forgot who. He's really young. He doesn't do anything. Oh, I think uh... I think he was in our. Uh, our Patreon uh, draft we did. Uh, I'll check it out. I'll look it up. I'm usually pretty quick with this. Beer me. 
Oh, the Wizards finally lost. No, oh, okay. <laughs> to be honest, I don't even think I need to edit this pod too much. Basketball pod. The basketball uh, B-ball Paul. Paul Reed. Is it Paul Reed? Yeah. B-ball like, Paul. Like Who is only six are... nine. But uh, uh he's a center. I... Yeah. All right. He's a center. He doesn't have, you know, he's not much of a shooter. All right, then we're, I guess I just want Melton. I don't <laughs> <laughs> We'll find our backup center somewhere else. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Boban ends up a buyout candidate. If you're interested in Boban, Bobby and Toby. Uh, am I? Am I? No. Well, if we traded for Harris already and we had a spot available and we, yeah. it's not like that guy's going to play anyways. Yeah. Bring him back. Boban. It's a minimum contract to fill out the end of the bench. A guy who's a terrific locker room dude who I swear to God, if you just randomly throw him in at the eight minute mark of the third quarter, he'll score 10 points before the end of the quarter and yeah. everybody will be like Bobon for president. Yeah. And, uh, and we'll remember how much we love the guy. Absolutely. Plus he'll, he'll do more commercials, which we need. We need more Bobon commercials in our lives. Yeah. We don't need Chris Paul in the state farm commercials. We need more Bobon. Bobon. Yeah. Uh, on that note, <laughs> you want to uh, uh, promo your oh. pod? Plug the pod. Yeah. Clippers 9450 is the weirdest pod in Clippers poddom. Uh, I think I'm pretty safe in making that uh, declaration of est. Uh, we are we are definitely weird. I combine uh, humor. We actually attempt to tell some jokes from time to time with uh, Clippers content. And I release my pod after after every game. There's a pod where I recap the game. Then I preview the next game. And then we, we talk Clipper stuff. It's me and my uh, executive producer, Tom Hingis, who uh, is uh, my neighbor and good buddy. Actually, we're not friends at all, but uh, he, <laughs> he's got he's got nothing else going on. So he helps me out. Uh, but it's it's been a lot of fun. I'm 38, 39 episodes in. Uh, Tom and I are getting together tomorrow morning and we'll have a new pod out tomorrow. Probably after this one was my guess. Sweet, sweet. You're not back. at You're not back at work yet, right? You got another week. Oh, out. no, no, no. I have a new job where I don't get any breaks. I oh, I, I work during all the like spring breaks, holiday breaks, all that. Balls. Uh, that was the that's yeah. the best part of being in the school. Yeah, that's anyway. what that's what I used to say. I'm like, yeah, you get a lot of time off there. You can recharge, and like, I don't get that. Not no more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, well, maybe mine will come out before yours. I don't know. Uh, uh, we'll see. Yeah. I'll I'll try to I'll try to edit this. Um, but yeah, maybe one of those just release it explicit material <laughs> yeah i think i cussed once in it so i it's think it's okay. fine it's fine if, if it could be on south park it could be in our podcast yeah. pg-13 we're good uh but yeah but clippers yeah. 9450 is the name of the show and follow me on twitter at clippers 9450 that's the show or i'm at drunken underscore trend so and and for people that uh listen to our pod and we've been saying for weeks that we do twitter spaces trent is now the full-time host of those Twitter spaces. And uh, so if you want to, we'll be there most of the time, but if you want to talk welcome. some, if you guys want to talk some Clippers basketball after, at the end of some games, follow I, think of that as, Trent. I like to think of that as the people's pod is the Twitter spaces. Like yeah. they come in and they get their, get their poo off and uh, <laughs> whatever happens, happens. Uh, sometimes yeah. it gets heated. Sometimes mm-hmm. people people have disagreements, and that's I mean it's cool. It's been respectful though, so yeah, it's a good crew. I really Absolutely. like the people that have been coming in, and we get new people every week. Yeah, uh, yeah, especially our original gang. It's it's really cool. They like 
I enjoy talking. I enjoy talking hoops in general and Clippers basketball with them. It's been fun. <clears throat> and you can find our pod wherever you find your pod. You can find us on Patreon at, for $3 a month. We do uh, the NBA Rivals Forum on there where we talk about all the other teams that we don't like that the Clippers play. And uh, we're going to start our Ontario Clippers Forum on there hopefully this oh, week. Yeah, I love uh, it. Our first episode is supposed to be recorded today, but it will probably be recorded later this week. We're going to dive deep. We figured everyone likes to talk about Musa Diabate, so he, since he's not playing on the actual team, we'll talk about him on the Ontario Clippers. And, and put it behind the paywall. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> if you if you if you got if you guys already if you guys enjoy us uh half-assing Clippers content, imagine us doing it for the G League. <laughs> No, I'm a Patreon for you guys. I'm a friend of what a forum friendo. You're a fr- forum friend, yes. Forum friend, uh, and I have a. I was one of the first people to sign up. I guarantee it. And uh, I love the the rivals forum. Man, that cracks me up every it, damn time. It's just, it's it's so good. As a podcast person who spends a lot of time editing this pod, it it kind of gives that. I have that like uncomfortable. Like, all right, I'm just gonna release this. Like, yeah. I feel like I want to edit it like every time but i'm like you know what that's not the purpose of it it's just supposed to be some unhinged chaos hoops talk about our feelings about like the suns <laughs> so it's, and, and it's brilliant i love it i appreciate that trent <laughs> um but yeah any you guys could be doing anything with your time literally anything but you're listening to me and trent talk about the clippers and we appreciate that and thank you for listening to the jingle at the beginning same for the rest of the pod and we're out. Peace out, everybody. Ciao. Thank you for joining Brian Andrew and Jesse Sandoval for this episode of LA Clips Forum. For all the over and backs, loose balls, clear paths, and tip-ins, catch LA Clips Forum every week. The podcast for fans, by fans. Clipper Nation, we'll catch you on the rebound. Oh, yeah.